Hey everyone, it is Jeff from MCS Magazine. Welcome to podcast episode number 190. Now this is our second episode in a two-part series on planning your bug-out survival retreat to face a disaster, whether that's short-term or even a long-term collapse that's caused by something like an extended grid-down blackout, an economic meltdown, or any of the other triggers that we warn about in our Survival Gear Secrets book that you can get over at survivalgearsecrets.com. Now this week we're going to go over your three best options for how to master the where do I go in a crisis question. And I have a lot of great usable tips for you that won't break your bank account. I promise. And don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's show notes, including a handy little cheat sheet that has all the main points that you need to know. You can download it all for free by simply going to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 190. And now, let's get started with this week's episode. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. Now, in case you missed last week's episode, what we've been talking about is an area of emergency preparedness that I think really catches up a lot of people when you're forced to make that decision to leave the safety of your home, whether that's due to you being in the direct path of a disaster or even if like tensions rise in your area following a long-term scenario, like a survival scenario where there's a lack of resources. And last week we talked about the don'ts of planning out where you should go when the, the poop really hits the fan and the biggest myths and mistakes that a lot of people make. Now this week it's all about the do's and I have a lot of really simple tips for planning out your survival retreat on any budget. All right. And so I have basically three different levels that you can take this to kind of a good, better and a best, if you will, as well as some really practical tips. And and the first one we're going to talk about is the good one, which is to basically start with what you have. And this is something that when I'm working with people with the New World Patriot Alliance for the members inside of our NWPA, um, we do one on one calls as well. That's in, in, in addition to the weekly training that we have and the monthly broadcast that we have with other experts within our network. We also take time to do, I take time with, to do one-on-one -on -one counseling with people. And I can tell you that a lot of people get caught up with procrastinating with not really making the plans that they need to because they think that they have to have something that's a much more elaborate plan than what they really, really need. And so I always tell people, look, the best place to start is with what you have right now. Because that doesn't require you to save up for anything. It might require a little bit of extra gear, but it's going to be your cheapest, best solution so that you're not procrastinating. Because that's the worst thing you can do is just hold off on not planning because you think that you have to have a much more elaborate plan or you need a lot of money to do it. Well, you don't. So I tell you, start with what you have right now. It is the cheapest. 
Um, and basically what you have right now as a bug out survival retreat. Now, again, the best place is probably going to be for you to stay at your home, but that might not be an option for you uh, because the disaster is headed your way and your place might not be there anymore. It could destroy your, your home and all your supplies and things like that. Um, or it could be that you're in an okay location and a, a disaster doesn't destroy your home, but with lack of resources, we know that people freak out. As we always say, it only takes three days to go from calm to chaos because of our resupply cycles within the United States. All right. So when you have to make that decision to go, you have to have a place to go, right? So most people are going to be heading out of town. They're going to try and find hotels. They get all backed up and, and people start raising their prices. It becomes a madhouse, right? So what we're talking about is something that is more within your control that doesn't put you at the mercy of the resources that might be in your area. And your own vehicle is most likely going to be the best, if you will, like retreat that you're going to have with what you have right now. Because you don't need any special transportation. You don't need to, I mean, it's best if you have something like a four wheel drive that you can bypass that traffic jam on the highway and you can ride up the median, even if it's like rainy weather or something like that. Obviously a four wheel drive is going to help you with that, but I don't want you thinking that you need that. You can start with just what you have right now to prepare and then you can build out a better plan from that point using some of the tips that I'm going to give you in this broadcast right now. But the advantages of just starting with what you have, obviously it is the cheapest. You don't need any special transportation. You can use what you have. You have all of your supplies at home. So you, you most likely can take some food with you and some water and things like that. The main thing is that it, it, it does avoid procrastination, but you do need to prep your vehicle to be able to bug out and use it as a retreat, if you will, or place to stay temporarily while you're getting to other, other means of safety. Um, and that means that you do need to look at all of the different things we talk about, even when it comes to your home. It needs to be a mobile plan. That's the key here. So you need a mobile food plan, a mobile water plan, a mobile security plan, okay? So all of those are very, very important. And it's a, the most important part of that is that it has to be mobile. So if you are doing a lot of canned goods, if that's your, if that's your shelter in place, primary means of, of stocking away food and you have things like rice or flour or sugar, all those types of things plus canned goods. Well, that's great for a shelter in place scenario, but it's not a very mobile plan where you can just throw everything into your vehicle and take off and use that to sustain yourself. A much better method that we talk about when it comes to food are food kits. Now, I've been you know, very vocal with, we use the Food for Patriots kits. I have a year's worth of food for my family, and they're in these plastic kits that very easily go from a closet or under a bed and go right into the back of the vehicle. You just grab them and you go, and it's very simple to make that food. It's nutritious, it's, it's, uh, it tastes great, and it's really simple, and it's very economical too. The prices of survival food has really come down. So that's an example of that. Now water, we always talk about it's always best to have your own water factory. So you need a means of being able to purify water on the run so that you can use found water to make water. That way you're not totally dependent upon water bottles and things like that. Okay, That's why within our XBOB um, evacuation systems, our, our backpacks, um, we always include a water bag and an inline filter in that because you can use that anywhere you go to be able to produce drinkable water. 
Um, same thing with security. Obviously, if you are outside of your home, you are going to be less secure, so you need a means to be able to protect yourself. Is it something that you can take inside of a vehicle? Do you have a, a handgun that you can take? Is it another weapon? If you don't have a if you don't have a handgun, can you take another weapon like a machete or something like that? Machetes are great. You know, I'm a big, big fan of machetes. We have our guardian machete. And uh, the reason for that is because it is legal. Um, we have actually ours is a, we call it our urban survival machete because it can be used to bypass obstacles and things like that. You can literally cut through metal with this thing or concrete. So it, it can help you in a scenario to be able to bypass obstacles and other challenges. Uh, but it also can be used in the right hands for uh, for personal defense as well. So if you don't have, even if you do have a firearm, we always say it's a it's like my number one backup weapon there. But you do need to think about all those things from a mobile standpoint when it comes to uh, your your bug out destination. Right? I mean, you're you've always got to be able to go seamlessly from one phase to another. And we talk about those five phases of disaster preparedness. You need to be able to go from your home to your vehicle to alternative means of transportation. So the, I got to keep pounding this in there is that you want to think mobile, 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 mobile. All right. Okay. And don't procrastinate on this. All right. So start with what you have right there. All right. Now coming up, I have two better options for you and none of them are going to require you to purchase your own missile silo in the middle of nowhere. I promise you. Okay. All right. We have that coming right up, but first check out this special message. In any disaster, crisis or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival. And we are talking about planning out your bug out survival retreat if you are ever forced to leave your home in a disaster or a major crisis. And what I, we've already gone over the, the good option, which is always to start with what you have. And that way you are prepared today or in a very, very short time uh, and the cheapest way that you can possibly do it. Right. But it's always better to level up wherever you can and look at alternative means of being, being prepared. And so I'm going to give you some better options right now. All right. So, so the first one was good. This one is better and then we'll get to best. All right. So. The better option is still a mobile plan. It's still very similar to 
using your own vehicle, but you're going to level up what you currently have. So I can tell you that in the military, uh, even in light infantry, like when I was in 10th Mountain Division, if we had a, uh, like sometimes I, was, I might be like a desert warfare train or something like that, where my vehicle was my Humvee. And sometimes they have some, you know, like shelter on the back or, you know, just it's closed in on the back or sometimes it's an open Humvee. Uh, but the thing is, is that you could go pretty much anywhere with that Humvee. And we did. So when we were, when I was in light infantry, uh, we didn't have, you know, we had our own tents in our, in our backpacks. We had, we had that for our shelter. But if we did have a, a Humvee, if we were out driving somewhere, if I was a, a, a um, a controller for a desert warfare trainer or something like that. That was our shelter. And the thing about being able to have something like a Humvee or other four wheel drive is that you can pretty much go anywhere. You can stay off the beaten path. You can get away from people a lot easier because most people are going to be congregating around major highways, roads, towns, and things like that. So if you can get away from all of that and just find a place to put up, then you're going to be in a much better, uh, much better situation there. So that might require you to get something that is going to be able to go off road if you don't already have something. And you don't need a brand new four wheel drive or anything like that. In fact, quite the contrary. Um, I recommend getting something that is reliable, but used to be able to keep the cost down. And some of the older models of things are going to be much better off off the road. Now you don't need a Humvee either. Uh, there are very good options. From Jeeps to uh, my favorite is Land Rover. I have a, a friend, a close friend of mine that is really into four wheel drives and and uh, and four wheel like really four wheeling, and took me out in his Land Rover one time. And the suspension on those things is is like independent, so it it's crazy. We would face like these super steep hills that I was like, "There's no way we're going to tip over." Nope, you don't tip over in these things, and this the wheels just kind of like it's like like frog toes or something like they find their way over stumps and giant boulders and things. You can get places where you never thought any vehicle go. In fact, I'd like the Land Rover better than I like the Jeeps. And a lot of people I know, they, they go straight to the Jeep, but the Land Rovers, I believe are a much, much better option for off-road driving and everything. All right. So that's going to give you, so again, you can, you can stay within your vehicle. You can sleep in the vehicle. You can do that. But what I recommend is like some sort of a trailer. Uh, you can use a tent also, but I like the teardrop trailers that are out now. I'm personally saving up for one right now. I really want to have one of these things. And it's because you can, you can take that same kind of military approach, right? So um, you can you can have your four wheel drive. You can go where other people can't go. You can go into uh, and we'll, we're going to talk about like where that might be. Um, but you can go right inside of a thicket. You can go into the you know wadis if you're like in a desert area. You can really camouflage yourself using terrain by going into other areas where people are not going to go. All right. So um, so what, the teardrop trailers are really really small trailers. You can get these uh, that they're they're like off the grid versions. They have solar power to them. They have water pump. Like they have they have these things are really really good. They're very small. They're very low profile. Uh, you can paint them. They can be like camouflaged. I mean they but but not you know look like you know, like actual camouflage. You can basically just you can paint them a color that will blend in with the terrain. Uh, 
a lot of them have like this pop up on the back. So so basically the teardrop you get inside of it, it's basically just a sleeping quarter. So you can you have a, a place that is out of the out of the elements. Uh, they're really good. They have like storage ability in there. The 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 backs usually pop up on these things and and open up to a sink where you can have like water stored underneath there. So you can use the sink. They have like a propane stove. So it's kind of like you know it's 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 camping or it makes it more like a camping scenario, but it does give you a lot more options, a lot better, a lot better shelter. Now I have seen some bug out tents also that kind of go on top of vehicles and then they pop up and things like that. You can use those. My only concern with those is that they've got to go up and they've got to come down. And I really like things where you can quickly get in, you can quickly get out. So if things heat up, you can quickly jump in the vehicle from the trailer and just, and just haul ass down the road or out of the, you know, the wooded area or whatever it is. So um, I really love these things. I'm personally saving up for one now and really look forward to getting one. Now, the where to go is uh, we're going to get more into, into location here in just a little bit. But uh, you can look at places like uh, state parks. So you can get like a state park pass for your area or wherever you plan out your destination. And again, we're going to be talking about where that destination might be here. But you can um, basically what I like the most about this option is that it is fully mobile and you're not anchored into a permanent retreat where you have a fixed structure and and you have to you have to basically stay there or you're back just living out of your car again. So this is a fully mobile option so you can find a, a, a perfect destination. But then if things do heat up or resources become scarce, you can just get in your vehicle, plan another destination from there and move to another semi-permanent location that's going to be out of the way and give you all, you know, all the advantages of being a little bit more remote, but having the resources available and shelter available that um, that's going to help protect you. OK. All right. So so that's the better option if you if you want to plan something out. That's the, And that's what I tell people, like your first level up should be that 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 still mobile option like that. But your best option for, especially for a long-term crisis, something that is really going to be for an extended time period, like an extended grid down blackout. Some of the things that we talk about that could literally change life as we know it for a long period of time. And you really need to have some place that is away from where you currently live. And that's going to be your long-term retreat. That's going to be your, your best option here. And that really mostly comes down to your location. Location, location, location. Now we did a full episode on this early on in the stage in, in when we were, when we started MCS podcast. So if you want to check out episode number eleven, that was my interview with Joel Skousen, who is the author of Strategic Relocation. He's really seen as one of the gurus here because he has looked at the in all of the United States and he's come up with all of the threats in each state. Um, it's it's an incredible book. I highly recommend that you check it out. Again, the book is called Strategic Relocation. You can just Google that and find Joel, or actually Joel's in our network, and I'll I'll link over to his um his bio as well, and you can you you'll find that that episode there if you want to check that out, as well as um, a link over to his website where you can get his book too. But highly recommended because it really gives you insights into where you live, like the threats around around where you live right now, and what whether you live in an area that's considered a good location for a survival retreat, or if you're planning something else, it basically gives you a breakdown in every single state with maps and everything like that. Again, highly recommended, but it does really come down to location. Like what are you located near that could possibly be a threat for you? 
Now, if this a long-term retreat is most likely going to require you to get some sort of land, but you're looking for something that's more remote anyway. So the land isn't like necessarily, it's not going to be super expensive, but you also don't need to go and get one of these survival retreats that are out there. I mean, it's great if you have that money to be able to do that. There's real estate websites specifically for survival retreats that you can go and check out. But if you don't have the money for that, you don't need to go out and buy some really elaborate off the grid uh, bug out retreat or bunker or anything like that. All right. But when you are looking for land or, or when you're looking for any location, even if it's like you're looking for a state park that you can hide up in for an extended period of time, um, here's what I recommend. So let's talk about what that location might be. Okay. First of all, you have to be able to get to that location. So I live in Texas. If I'm planning my survival retreat in the middle of Utah, well, that's a long ways for me to travel. I'm going to need a lot of fuel to be able to get there. Who knows what threats are going to be there along the way, no matter whether I take back roads or whatever. I don't know. That's a, that's a lot of buffer zone there where there could be things heating up. There could be poor resources in certain areas. There could be civil unrest in certain areas. And that's a long way for me to try to plan for, especially with a changing environment or changing conditions that are out there, right? So you have to be able to get to where you're going. So what I tell people is you really want to start with looking at a 75 to 150 mile radius from where you currently live. All right. So if you have to leave your home, you're looking at, at worst case scenario, like a quarter to a half a tank of fuel because you don't know what you're, you're going to have in your vehicle, right? We tell people, you should never go below a half a tank of gas. Well, most everybody goes below a half a tank of gas, but you should absolutely never go below a quarter of a tank because you never know what you're going to need. And we always recommend as well that you do have some fuel stored in your garage or in some safe location, like in a shed or something like that, that you can use to fuel up your vehicles, given that power might be down, which means gas pumps go down. And then a lot of people run out of fuel along the highway or they never leave because they're sitting down at the gas station waiting for the pumps to come back on in this giant line with everyone else. You never want to be in that scenario. So if you have your own fuel, then you're good to go. So have fuel on standby there. But if your location, you want to look at a radius of about 75 to 150 miles. Now that's about a quarter to a half a tank. That allows you, if you are in that location and you need to get back to your, it's safe to come back to your your, uh, your home again, that would allow you to get back there. If you're like half a tank away, you can fill up, use the other half tank to get back, so to speak. All right. So that's just kind of a, a general zone there, right there. Now, when you're looking at that location, you want to look at what resources you have nearby to be able to sustain yourself. So you want to look at it's like a topographical map or a lot of the, even the road road maps will have some, um, so it'll give you some, uh, like resources like water, like it'll show you where uh, maybe state parks are and state parks. There could be more game there. Uh, there's usually fishing there. So if you see lakes and streams and things like that, topographical maps are better because it allows you to see where you can get out of the way. It shows you elevations where other people likely won't find you. It'll show you where there are trails like hiking trails or, or you might be able to bike along trails to get to other resources. So it'll show you more about those locations where you want to go to. And again, going back to last episode where we we're talking about the don'ts, don't think you're going up into grizzly Adams mode in the middle of, 
you know, middle of nowhere where you, where you're just not even near civilization. We're going to talk about that too. But, um, but again, you are looking for something that is out of the way that people are not going to be at. But does it have water available? Um, is there going to be game there that you might be able to hunt? Uh, are there fishing locations that are going to be there that you can um, put some yo-yo reels out and just do some fishing that way or something? Um, or is there even a place where if it's a longer term stay where you might be able to garden? How is the soil there? Like I live in Texas. We're not known for having great soil for growing any things. But there are ways around that as well with things like earth bucket gardening, um, things that you can do above ground. That will make it easier to be able to grow some food if you need to. And, and with earth bucket gardening, you could possibly even just take that stuff with you in a trailer and things like that to give you some, some better options there. But you do want to look at what resources are nearby the location that you're looking. So draw that radius around where you're at and then look and see what, um, what state parks or remote air, re, more remote areas that you can get to. All right. So let's talk about the remoteness of this. Okay. So you don't want to be near a major population if you can avoid it, right? You want to, you want to try and stay away from any major urban population because people are going to eventually start to branch out from those urban populations. They're going to just start roaming around and then you got a bunch of clueless, desperate, panicked, people out there that could take your stuff, stumble across you or whatever. So you want to be as far away from major population as possible. So I always say at least one full gas tank away from a major urban area. However, you don't want to be far from population either. So and I put population in quotes that time. So you want to be far away from a major urban population, but you do want to be near some sort of a town if you can possibly do it. In fact, my, I tell people you want to be about 7 to 15 miles from some smaller town that you can get to. Now, 7 to 15 miles, that's like a two-hour walk at about 7 miles or a two-hour bike ride at about 15 miles, roughly. Okay, that's just that's just generally. But what that means is that you can get to other resources or other or a populated area if you need to. And why might you do that? Well, you have things like what if there's a major medical incident that you have, like a, something that that requires urgent care that you're not going to get from your skills. You need to go to a hospital. Well, there could be you want to have something like an urgent care clinic or something like that that's in the town that you're in. I'm talking about like a smaller town, not a major urban area here. Um, something that has like a hardware store. So if you do need to go and get supplies like um, things to fix you know, even for your vehicle or whatever it might be, that you have resources there that somebody might be open, you might be able to uh, use use cash or even bartering, whatever it might be, to be able to go and get resources. It could be to get fuel when fuel becomes available again. Or it might even just be cell service. So you're not going to typically get cell service out in the middle of nowhere. A lot of areas you can't get it, especially if you're down inside of valleys and things like that and you are staying more remote. But you might need to be able to get to cell service in a, a small town or area like that. You can also get resupply of food from this area. So you want to be near some sort of a smaller population. And most of these types of small towns, especially in, I want to say like especially in the south, like where I live, 
you know, we're very close-knit communities in these small towns. And so people are more friendly, typically then, more self-reliant. They're used to being self-reliant because they don't maybe have a, a Walmart nearby or something. But uh, you're going to find better resources and maybe even better people to be able to link up with to be able to help you out as well. All right. So so that that gives you, our, I think, some planning points for where to put your location. But now let's talk about the structure because we're going to level up again from the trailer sort of a thing. And we're going to go to a more permanent like structure. But I've got my best option here coming coming up that is actually kind of in between permanent, but it's also very mobile. But let's talk about what your structure options are. Now, the thing that most people think about is a bunker, right? And we talked about this in the don'ts, that you don't really, you don't need a bunker. You don't need a doomsday bunker to be able to go some, uh, to have a survival retreat. And I really caution people about bunkers because I know that's where a lot of people think that they that they need or that's the ultimate plan. I'm personally not a huge fan of them. Yet, yeah, are they cool? Sure, it's co- it's a cool little fort, right? But when you're inside of that thing, one, it's very it it can get very claustrophobic. So don't think you're going underground while uh, you know the mutants are 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 rallying up on top of you. Um, it's very difficult to live in those kinds of surroundings, even with your family, maybe even especially with your family, uh, during uh, during some sort of an extended crisis. And you're really trapped inside of those things. So if people do come across you, now they these do have like ballistic door hatches and things like that, where people might stay there and you know try and get in, and maybe they're not going to get in. But you're stuck down there too. You're not coming out. So eventually your resources are going to be under siege and you're going to run out of things. Uh, there might be other ways that people can get inside of there or they might just be really determined and come and find whatever they need to, whether it's they, they use their four-wheel drive to pry off the, the hatch or whatever it is, you're stuck there and you're not getting out. Now, I have seen some of these with escape hatches and things like that, but they're not truly like a tunnel network that's going to take you you know, 150 feet away from from your bunker and get out of there. I'm not going to spend too much time on this because most people aren't don't have the the money for a bunker. I've seen them anywhere down to like thirty six thousand dollars for a bunker, um, and it is an option. I'm not going to say it's not an option, but um, they they're very expensive. They require a lot of work. You have to have them installed. You've got to like dig them in and all kinds of stuff like that. Now, another option that people can think of is some sort of a cabin. And that's a very simple thing to do. You can make a very small cabin, especially if you're very handy. You can make it yourself. Uh, cabins aren't necessarily good for security. So it's a small home, and if people come across you, then you, you know, there's not a lot, of, a lot of security there. You can put up things like sandbags on the inside. You can, you can fortify it like you would a small home. Um, so it is an option, and you can do that pretty inexpensively. You can even get little kits for little cabins and stuff like that. But that's uh, that's good if you have some land, you want to put a cabin on there. It makes it a nice little vacation retreat so it's not just your, hey, honey, the zombies are coming out of the ground. Let's head off to the uh, to the to the cabin in the woods for our, our survival retreat. You can use it for other things, and I'm a big fan of, of that as well. Now, another option that people are using instead of, like, cabins – are geodesic domes. And this is like a, a true dome. It's basically a concrete dome that you can use. And, uh, one of the guys that I know, he's in, he's in our net, he's in, uh, he's one of our, our, um, our followers and actually played golf with this guy out in, 
in uh, Florida for the charity event for we did for Operation Save Our Soldiers, and uh, I was really like I was I was really interested in what he put together because he put together a geodesic a concrete geodesic dome for his home, and even tested this thing thing out with a 50 caliber. A rifle and was not able to penetrate the concrete around his home. So this thing makes it ballistic. It's a, it's very sturdy. It will stand up to hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, you name it. These are really, really cool things to even live in. I mean, it's a real, I mean, you can live in these things and they're really, really nice. I mean, I've seen some of them that are very elaborate. Um, these are, these are going to be less expensive than like a home might be. So they are a, a more economical option. Um, I've seen them down to about $26,000 for the materials for it. So these are some things that you can build yourself, sort of. You know, if you're if you're like a contractor and you're really handy with this stuff, these kinds of geodesic domes you can build yourself, or they're they're not hard to put together for a contractor. But you do need to figure about a hundred to two hundred dollars per square foot. For building them and that hundred dollar range to two hundred dollar range that pretty much is like if you are handy and you can make this yourself you can you can do a lot of it yourself you're looking at about a hundred dollars per square foot um, or if you're going to need like a contractor to be able to do this for you you want to figure about 200 square foot so that makes it about thirty two thousand to about sixty four thousand dollars for a geodesic dome retreat now, let me give you a better option. And this is the one that for me, I think is, is probably the ultimate plan out there for a, a true survival retreat. You can use this thing for other, for other options also, but it's kind of the best of, of both worlds because it gives you this, uh, this, ge this, the geodesic dome, uh, but it's a more mobile option. What I'm talking about is it's called an inner shelter, inter shelter. And you can go check this out over at inter shelter. Dot com. It's I-N-T-E-R and the word shelter.com. And this is a dome retreat, but it is a, it's an easy to put together dome retreat that's also mobile. So you can take this thing apart and put it back together multiple times. In fact, these things have, they're very versatile and these are being used right now. They're being used um, by military. They're being used by hunters. They are being used for homeless villages. Because they're very economical, they're really super inexpensive, but very durable. Uh, when you check these out, I think you're going to be really amazed at what they are. And basically, uh, and I spoke with the owner and three guys or three people. Sorry, sorry, ladies, <laughs> don't save the hate mail, please. But three people basically with a screwdriver and a wrench can put these things together in a couple of hours. And you can see some of their videos online. Um, you can you can check that out. And basically, they're really simple. They're basically a, a, a geodesic dome that comes in panels that you can put in the back of a pickup truck and take with you or put on a trailer or put on top of your teardrop trailer or anything like that and then take these things with you and, tip, and put them up in a matter of a couple of hours. And when you do, they are essentially storm-proof. They're tornado-proof. They are hurricane-proof. Well, I mean, a tornado might be able to pick this thing up. But nonetheless, heavy heavy winds, 30 feet of snow can be on top of this thing. So they're very durable. They're very sturdy, and they're going to provide protection there against against disasters. Okay? Um, and, and I love the mobile thing because they're, they can be permanent. You can put this thing on a structure if you want to. You can cement this thing in and make it a permanent structure. In fact, 
the owner told me that one of the ways that you can make it ballistic. Now they do offer like ballistic panels and things like that. But he also said, look, you can put these things together and then just hire a pool contractor to come out and spray some shotcrete on it. Basically it's this spray concrete that they, that they throw on it, throw a few inches of that on there. And now you've got something that's, that's pretty ballistic, a ballistic bunker dome, if you will. And, uh, so that's really, that's really cool. That's what, I, that's one of the things I really like about that, um, as well. All right. Now, this is, this is how economical it's going to be. So a 14 foot shelter, which is like, kind of like their bottom line one that you get to, it's about, it's, it's 14 foot across, but it's about eight feet high. So you can stand up in these things. We're not talking about very small, but it gives you about 154 square feet of shelter that you can put some bunks in there. You can, put, you can just put your sleeping bags down in there, but it gives you a really great shelter there. And that only costs for that, for that whole shelter, that's only about $7,000 for that shelter. Now that's really super economical when you consider that another shelter like a geodesic dome is going to cost you upwards of about $32,000. Now what's also cool about the inner shelters is that you can connect these things together. So you could have a whole basically like one main living area. So let's say that you have a survival team with let's say five five different families. You could have a main living area that everybody has that's a that's a larger shelter and you could have these smaller shelters that have doors that go off the main living area into your own little dome area there for you and your family. So this is really great for a survival team option as well. So so that 14 foot shelter is 8 feet high gives you 154 square feet. Now the next one up from there is a 20 foot shelter and what I like about these is that for just a few extra feet and just a, a uh, uh, just a few extra um, dollars here, you get a whole lot more room. So the 20-foot shelter is 12 feet high in the middle, but you get 320 square feet. So for an extra six feet of width there, you're getting about 320 square feet of, uh, of or you're getting almost like twice the space, basically, or you are getting twice the space, basically. And that's only $12,000 for that larger shelter. And so that's what I really, I, I really like these things. And this is what I'm, this is what I'm working toward right now. Uh, in fact, I'm probably going to uh, turn one of these things into, I'm, I'm definitely looking at geodesic domes for my next office is what I'm looking at. And so this is one of the things that I'm considering as well. But go check them out over at intershelter.com. Um, I don't get anything out of that, but I just, uh, had a conversation with the owner about these things and he's really passionate about it. And you can uh, you can go check these things out. You can have them sent to you. You can put it up yourself. You don't need contractors to do it or anything like that. So go check it out. Okay, so that wraps up the uh, the good, better, and the best for this week's episode for uh, this part number two in the two-part series for planning out your bug-out survival retreat. So the main thing here, though, again, what was my warning to you? Don't procrastinate. Yes, it would be great to have a geodesic dome bunker retreat ballistically out in the middle of nowhere, right? But that's not, that should not hold you up from prepping for what you have right now and being prepared to go tomorrow, okay? So take these notes to heart. Go and download the free show notes here. Again, you can go do that at www.mcsmagazine.com forward slash 190 for episode 190. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival podcast episode, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been-
ultimate modern combat and survival. survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash modern combat and survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.